Is Michigan State basketball really in this Big Ten title hunt? We look at Vegas, we look at computers, and then, of course, we look at the human side of this debate. And then Drew Pastoric of Oski Talk, yes, that's right, an Illinois podcast, he joins us to break down Friday night's game. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friend, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here at Locked on Spartans. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Now we will be talking about the big game coming up in segments two and three with Drew Pastoric of Oski Talk, an Illinois podcast. But first, let's go big picture right here. Uh, we're going to kick off this show with an email. From Zachariah, he hits us up at, of course, LockdownSpartans at gmail.com. And the question is, hi, Matt, how realistic do you think it is for MSU to win the Big Ten? I'm starting to gain confidence after their recent win against Wisconsin. If they were to win the conference, how high of a seed would they get in the tournament? Now, we're going to break that down one at a time. Let's talk about, hey, in this four-game Big Ten win streak, is Michigan State back in the conversation to win this crown and we're going to break it down three ways the the human side of the debate which is what i think what a lot of people think the vegas side of things and then also take a look at what the computers say about michigan state's chances to win the big 10 so uh, first and foremost yeah i think a lot of people are going to agree with zachariah here that that conversation starting to bubble up again for a lot of state fans like oh man the big 10's kind of this complete dogfight Anytime you can bang out a four-game win streak here, you're going to feel really good about yourself. And here, Michigan State is looking like one of those upper third teams in the conference. So, sure, I can't slight anyone for thinking about the Big Ten title. Heck, even I'm thinking about it once again. But uh, you would really start to buy into it after these next two games. Uh, This is a mammoth stretch. We've talked up and down about it. You've thought about it probably. But this stretch of games coming up is murderer's row. But if you can win your next two against Illinois on the road and then at home against Purdue, okay, yeah, then you're obviously squarely in the conversation of conference title talk. But even if you just win two of the next three with that third game being home against Rutgers, a very solid team so far, I I still think that it is a possibility. And here's why. I mean, it's all the obvious reasons, right? I mean, Michigan State is 7-1 with Malik Hall playing for them. And if you want to go even deeper than that, When they're playing in an indoor game with Malik Hall, they are undefeated. That one loss was, of course, on the aircraft carrier. Also, the A.J. Hogard today is not the A.J. Hogard from that Notre Dame game and every game that he played before that. He is a different player, just like that, in the middle of the season for all the right reasons. And also, Michigan State, one of the best shooting teams in the country. And on the contrary, on defense, they are one of the best perimeter defense teams in the country in both metrics for three-point shooting for Michigan State and opposing three-point percentage Michigan State is 35th nationally in those so yes you are hitting all the right notes you are doing well in all the right stats you have good player personnel some veteran leadership so on the box score and off the box score yeah you're checking all the boxes no pun intended uh however there is this Purdue problem (laughs) that we have because 
Yeah, Tom Izzo said it himself. You've heard me say this quote if you've listened to any episode the last week, that Tom Izzo said that this is the deepest the Big Ten has ever been. And he did not say it was the best the Big Ten has ever been, just the deepest. Any given night, you could lose to any of these 13 teams, and maybe even 14 if Minnesota is feeling themselves on a certain night, except for Purdue. Right now, they seem far and away the best team. And actually, Purdue is favored in their games for the rest of the season, according to BartTorvik.com, which we will get to more of in a hot second. But, however, Monday is a little important here because right now, Vegas has them as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. That's going to be their closest spread for the rest of the season right now. I mean, things can obviously change, but right now, Monday's game, Purdue against MSU will be Purdue's tightest spread for the rest of the season. Now, also, I do have to look at what happened last year with Purdue as well because they looked like a team of world beaters early on as well. And, well, uh uh-oh, they lost six times. And that led a team, or really two teams last year, Illinois and Wisconsin, to share the Big Ten title with a 15-5 record. So could it happen again to Purdue where they look unbeatable? And uh uh-oh, they lose five or six times. I mean, they already did lose to Rutgers. They played Nebraska to overtime, and they just beat Ohio State by a lowly two points. So maybe they're not as dominant as they're made to be. So I I don't know. That's just a a hint of hope for you right there with that conversation. So yeah, I I think that maybe 15-5 and can get it done. We'll see how probable that is in a little bit here, but let's talk about the Vegas side of things. What does Vegas say about Michigan State's chances to win the Big Ten regular season title? Well, two weeks ago, uh, horrible. They they think just terribly of the Spartans two weeks ago. They were actually fourth to worst odds in the Big Ten to win the title. Okay, fast forward two weeks, fast forward a couple wins, fast forward having Malik Hall back in action, and now Michigan State has the second best odds in the conference per betonline.net. That's right. Email Jimmy Shapiro this morning said, hey, what are the odds? And responded immediately like that. So thank you, Jimmy of betonline.net. So Michigan State is sitting at 7 to 1 odds. And if you're not a gambling person, that's you bet $1 on Michigan State to win. If they win, all right, you get $7. Now, okay. You already know who the first team is. It is Purdue, and they are massive favorites to win the Big Ten. They are minus 125. They are 4-5 to five odds. So bet $5, you're going to profit $4. That, that is a pretty steep hill to climb for any other team in the conference. That's how highly Vegas thinks of Purdue. Now behind Michigan State, who again is 7-1, to one, Ohio State right behind them, 8-1. Illinois, who's having quite the season, which we will hear about in a hot second, 9-1 odds, and then there's kind of a drop-off after that. Maryland, 14-1. Rutgers, 18-1. Wisconsin, 20-1. Iowa, Michigan, and Penn State, all 33-1. Indiana, my God, what happened to you, Indiana? You are 50-1 right now. Oh, my God. Uh, Northwestern, 50-1. And Minnesota and Nebraska are both in the basement at 250-1. So if you feel Nebraska ball is going to go on a massive run here, bet $1 to try to win $250, but there you have it. So Vegas has Michigan State as the second highest chance to win the Big Ten, but just 
by a wide gap between first and second place. Also, uh, Jimmy hit us with the spreads for the next two games for Michigan State. They will be three-point underdogs hitting the road to Champaign on Friday night. And then when they come back to Breslin Center on Monday, just like we talked about, four-and-a-half-point underdogs to Purdue. So, yes, hey, you'd feel great if you win the next two games. You're also going to be underdogs in those games as well. Now, really quick, let's take a peek at what the computers have to say about Michigan State's chances, and they don't feel good about it at all. And this is BartTorvik.com. You hear us reference this website all the time. They have done 50,000 simulations of the rest of the season, and right now they have Purdue with a 74.7% chance of sharing the title and a 53, sorry, a 57.3% chance of sharing. I'm sorry, I jacked that up. 57.3% chance of winning it outright. Okay, sorry, I kind of fumbled through that right there. Let's talk about Michigan State. What the computers have to say about Michigan State's chances of at least sharing the Big Ten title? 3.3%. Uh, that is actually fourth in the conference per Bart Torvik. Uh, Ohio State has a 12.8% chance of sharing the title. And then Rutgers with a 26.1% chance of sharing the title. So Rutgers is actually second place per the computers. So there is some wide variance between what Vegas thinks, what the computers think, and we talk about up and down. We'll talk about it more as the season goes on. Of What record does a team need to have to win the Big Ten title? I could very well see it being 15 and 5, 16 and 4, and this this is also what Bart Torvik has Purdue going right now. They give them a 23% shot at 15 and 5 in the conference and also a 23% shot at 16 and 4 as well. Those were the biggest percentages right there. Now, for Michigan State to go 15 and 5 in conference play, Bart Torvik gives our Spartans a 1.7% chance of that, which is Quite low, quite low. Right now, the biggest percentage for Michigan State is for our Spartans to go 11 and 9. They have a 22.3% chance of doing so. So, again, we've all seen what's been going on in the Big Ten. It just seems like another season where 11 teams are going to be either 10 and 10, you know, 9 and 11, 11 and 9. Like, it is going to be the Big Ten West football, but just basketball so there you have it a lot of variance so it depends who you trust the most uh, do you trust us humans us state fans that are very high on our team right now do you trust vegas which is kind of in the middle of saying yeah second best chance but not, not a good chance still or do you trust those nerdy computers that say like nah michigan state's going 11 and 9 y'all don't have a shot of hitting this title so Pick your road, go down it, and uh, be happy. And we hope you enjoy this next two segments with Drew Pastork of Oski Talk. But before getting to him, need to chat your ear off about Bet Online. That's right. Hey, just like we said, Michigan State three-point underdogs on the road in Champaign. If you're feeling our Spartans, you think they're going to make it eight straight wins? Go throw a few smackaroos at betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football playoffs coming up this weekend. That's right, we got some NBA regular season. We got PGA golf going on in the islands over in Hawaii. They got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I think you do if you're listening to this right now, you can find even more of those at betonline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your sports betting action. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. That is at BetOnline where the game starts. 
Drew Pastoric of Oski Talk. Yes, a fantastic Illinois podcast. And also friend of the Lock on Spartans program. You might recognize this face, this voice from our Illinois-Michigan <laughs> State football preview. Andrew, I, just not, not personally how are you doing, but as an Illinois fan, how are you doing? Because my goodness gracious, what a roller coaster the last few weeks have been for you guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an adventure for sure. I think, you know, I at my old age, I'm getting a little softer. I used to be very like sure. Sure. lunatic fringe, like most yeah. impatient guy in the world. And like, <laughs> I think football season softened me a little bit. Cause I was like, you know, like we don't really see this very often. Let's, Let's enjoy it a little bit. Let's breathe it in. That's and then basketball okay. was normally, you know, October 1st, we're like, yeah, when's basketball starting? Because this is terrible. I don't want to watch this year. And then we had this really captivating, compelling football season. And then basketball was really good at the start. And then we had a month where we were like, is this team ever going to win a game again? Like, what is happening? Um, and now it's a little bit more on the uh, the upward trend. Like, I try to not let – recency bias get in the way of things. I try to like, I've seen this too many times where like, especially in the big 10, like a team that's really good has a bad week or two. And then everyone gets a chance to catch up. Like Purdue was just crushing people and then they'll lose the Rutgers. Yeah. Wisconsin loses two in a row. And now it's like, Ooh, Hey, now maybe instead of 15 and five winning this thing, it's like maybe, you know, 13 and seven wins it. So hey, I, why not? everyone's going to come. I think everyone's going to be kind of clumped into this little pod. And then you might have a Purdue or somebody like one or two games clear. And then you're going to have two through 10 be like a game apart. Like it's, it's hard to predict, but uh, yeah, I, I said on the podcast on Oski Talk last week when they went oh and, and they started oh and three. It was like they lost to Maryland, Penn State, yeah. Northwestern. Like we're like one or two games away from this really going off the rails. Like it's not a disaster yet, but we're damn close. And, and now two wins in a row, right back in the thing. So I, I think uh, at least in yeah. this case. Uh, patients won out and we're seeing the team that we thought we were going to see, you know, in August, September, October, and early November. And not even just two wins, but two really decisive wins. I mean, playing Wisconsin, a team that, Hey, our Spartans just beat, uh, beat them by 10 points at home. And then also you guys face Nebraska and beat them by 85 points, uh, essentially. Yeah. Before that though, Five-star freshman point guard Sky Clark leaves the team. So was that all that had to be done? You guys just had to shed your five-star true freshman point guard? Was that the only issue, or is there something else that has happened? I know it's a small sample size, just two games, but is there something that you've seen the last two games that wasn't the same beforehand? Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I was I was going to allude to that. But, ah. man, it's, it's kind of loaded, you know, because anytime a player steps away and it's not like an injury thing, it's – personal reasons like that's that's very nebulous like what does that mean like yeah we assume nowadays it's like you know mental health anxiety whatever it is and and whatever it is you know i I hope that sky clark gets right you know first and foremost you care about the person the human being like we forget you know in our crazed fandom that you know these are kids you know 18 19 22 year old kids like yeah 
they don't, a lot of them don't know how to deal with like real world things. Like they've been preparing for this moment to be a, you know, D1 basketball player for, you know, half of their lives. Right. And then it might be, I'm not playing well. I might be, I'm dinged up. It might be, you know, there's too much pressure on me from the outside. Like it could be a number of things. So just want to put that out there right away. Like, I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not around the team close enough to know like, oh, this is 100% what's going on. Uh, but with that said, with that said, right. there's, there's like three possible scenarios. One, you know, Illinois is responding to their, their teammate. They're playing for him um, as like a, a show of solidarity or something. Gotcha. Number two, he was such a toxic personality, <laughs> right. such a yeah. bad apple that him leaving is like, oh, this big right. shrug, this big like <laughs> sigh and everything just goes away. Or scenario three, which is what I hope is the actual scenario. It's just a coincidence and they were tired of losing and stinking and they said, we got to do something about it. And they just took it upon themselves to play better. Again, I'm, I'm hoping it's neither of those first two things yeah. and that it's not related to Sky Clark at all. But you have to acknowledge that the attitude, the demeanor of the team has changed dramatically. The approach has changed dramatically the past two games. Is it related to Sky Clark? I have no earthly idea. You would think that losing a five-star recruit would be a blow, a significant blow, but I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't want to assume, I don't want to speculate too much because there's, there was a lot of talent on this team without Sky Clark being there. It's still mm-hmm. a very talented team, still a team capable of making a deep run in March, you know, winning games in the tournament, winning the big 10. Um, is it, Addition by subtraction, I guess only time will tell. But right, um, yeah, these last two games, you wouldn't have noticed that uh, that he was missing for sure. You also don't need to speculate this next part too. And this is Terrence, Sh- Terrence Shannon Jr., the Texas Tech transfer. Just a casual, you know, twenty-four points against Wisconsin. Just a casual twenty-five points, and also led the team in rebounding in both yeah. games as well. So next on my you know question list was what should keep me up tonight? Like what should I be worrying about? But is the answer just simply Terrence Shannon, or are there other complementary pieces that are a close second to the danger that he brings to other teams? Yeah, I, I think TSJ certainly is is the number one guy. I mean, he's yeah. the best player. Brad Underwood and his staff brought him to Champaign, targeted him for a reason. Mm-hmm. There was you know, he had that it factor. You watched him play at Texas Tech, the ferocity and the intensity yeah. that he brings to the floor. And Illinois needed that with, you know, a lot of departures, you know, whether it's NBA or graduation or, or whatever. They needed some guy who could be that next, not the next IO, but have that mentality. Sure. And Terrence Shannon Jr., him going downhill, attacking the rim is frightening. Like, you see some of these dunks he makes on breakaways or if there's just a little bit of an opening in the lane, like, just get out of the way. Like, (laughs) Illinois had Kofi Coburn for three years, right? Seven Mm -hmm. feet tall, 300 pounds, a monster in the paint. 
He's not running the fast break. He's not running in transition. He's not coming at you full steam ahead, you know, 40 miles an hour. Like, he is mean and nasty around the basket. He got away from some of that. He had the big game against UCLA at 8-9 and nine from three. And we're okay. like, this is going to be incredible. <laughs> like, he's doing right. things that, like, have never been done before in, you know, 20 years. It was like he hadn't had a game like that in, like, 15 or 20 years in all of Division One. Like, it had never happened. Gotcha. And then he has nine against Northwestern. Like, played – he just – he looked – the infamous press conference, you've probably all seen it by now, or Brad Underwood gets on the podium and, hey, what do you think about TJ's leadership? And he just goes, like, there is no leadership. What are you talking about? And that, you know, that at first I was like, big deal. Like, if you can't handle pointed criticism, like, why are you sure. in the Big Ten? Sure. Like, but then the way they played, you're like, man, maybe that really did negatively impact this team. But, yeah. you know, he's really changed again his approach. He's He's been more aggressive. And his he said as much in the postgame after uh, Nebraska, like, they want me to be aggressive. Like, my teammates need that from me. I need to play with that aggression. I'll try to come up with a different word at some point in the next <laughs> 10 minutes. Don't worry about it. Yeah, 30 times, but that's – that's the mentality Brad Underwood wants. He wants energy and effort. And, you know, TSJ needs to bring that. He's the best player on the team. Um, there are certainly other guys to concern yourself with. You know, Matthew Meyer, probably the best three-point yeah. shooter on the team, the Baylor transfer. Uh, another transfer, Dane Danger. Yeah, great cue the, name. Cue the mystical name. references if you want, uh, or the <laughs> Top Gun references if you want. Uh, I, I am pretty sure somebody made a shirt with, you know, Danger Zone on it with the Top Gun logo. That goes hard, um, yeah. That's nice. May or may not have one of those on, on back order already. But, um, you know, oh. not Kofi Coburn, but he's 6'9", you know, 265. Two, like, there's not a lot of guys that can go up against him, you know, one-on-one. He's, mm-hmm. I think, like 71% in the 70s around there. Uh, as far as field goal percentage, he camps out in the paint. So if you're not one of those teams, if you're if you're spreading the floor out, you know he's a guy that can get some buckets and you know and and dominate inside. If you're not doubling him, uh, those are probably the three guys right now. Uh, Jaden Epps is a true freshman who's really emerged as you know a a potential stud on this team. Um, you know, it was, you know, Sky Clark was, you know, the, t- the bell of the ball, so to speak. He was that top recruit, yeah. but Jaden Epps, Sincere Harris, Ty Rogers, those are four really good freshmen. They were all, you know, that three, four star range. Uh, you know, they were all highly sought after guys and they each bring different things. Jaden Epps has that like bulldog mentality, um, where, you know, he's, he's become a good, you know, secondary tertiary scorer. Uh, he had 13 against uh, Nebraska the other night. Um, and, of course, Coleman Hawkins, too. He's kind of the uh, the unicorn guy, you know. When he okay. wants to be selfish, he can get his – and he, he's had a triple-double already this season against Syracuse. Uh, he's had a couple of 20-point games. He's had some games where he's looked completely <laughs> confused and, like, 
He doesn't Perfect. belong on the same floor as any of these guys. So when he is tuned in, when the team is locked in, uh, you know, they're as good as anybody. They, they There's not yeah. one guy specifically, but but Terrence Shannon would be the the number one guy uh, to probably try to stop. When, when he has not had good games, Illinois has struggled at times. Gotcha. And so on, on the flip side, you know, that was a lot of terror to strike in Spartan fans' hearts right there. No <laughs> doubt about that. Um, what about stuff that makes us happy, though? Like, where is the weakness with Illinois? What <laughs> has you just watching the game clutching the remote a little too tightly <laughs> when you're watching these guys? Uh, Three-point shooting has not been ideal. Okay. Okay. Um, they're averaging like 33s a game and they make like seven or eight. It's not okay. been, not <laughs> been right. great. Now that doesn't mean they can't get on a heater and make, you know, 12 or 13 a night. Sure. Um, they did a lot of that against like the Monmouths and the Eastern Illinois and the Bethune Cookmans of the world uh, when they've leveled up in competition, except for that one game against UCLA where Shannon had eight of nine. And like that second half of Texas or like everything was going in. It's yeah. been a struggle to hit threes consistently. Myers around you know, 40%-ish. He's been the most consistent guy. But yeah, uh, it, it's not, you know, you find yourself screaming at the TV like, stop shooting! <laughs> Go inside! Go to the basket! It's like, and you know, if it's a good look, it's fine. But you know, there were games like that. Uh, the uh, I forget. I think it was Northwestern. They're just sitting there and they're like taking one-footed step back fadeaway threes. Oh, yeah. and like, what in the blue hell? <laughs> like, there's no way your coach is saying, "Yeah, shoot that. Go ahead and take that." Like, you're not Steph Curry. You're not no. Kevin Durant. Like, you're not taking one-footed logo threes. Like, it's. Oh, if they're good looks, fine, but a lot of them have been not so good looks. Uh, so three-point shooting has definitely been a concern. Free throw shooting, the foul shooting has been a concern as well at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's a close game, those things could definitely come back to bite the Illini for sure. Gotcha. I just think of that uh, Patrick Ewing clip. That, have you ever shot that shot in your entire life? Do you practice that shot and like when right? And, and Brad Underwood has said that. <laughs> Brad Underwood said that in post game. Like we have these great practices, and then we get in the game and like <laughs> it's AAU like, out there. Who, <laughs> like, when did we work on that? Like where did that come from? So yeah, there was definitely some stuff between the ears that was going on from practice to game. Because you always hear the cliche, like you practice like you play or play like you practice. And of course, you know, yeah. most coaches are always going to be like, oh, we had a great practice. We practiced so well. I, like you're very reluctant to be like, yeah, we don't have it. But yeah, right. <laughs> after the Penn State game, he was like, we won against Texas. And for two days, they were talking about how great they were. And then, oh, we lost to Penn State. Like that was the attitude they had after that game was not, gotcha. hey, let's do what we need to do to beat this team. It was like, we'll beat this team. And then they didn't. And it's like, huh? Like, so yeah. Brad Underwood's changed his approach. They've tried to tweak some things. Like he was switching a lot, like almost every yeah. possession you're switching everybody. It's been a little more traditional. He's, he's softened that a little bit and the defense has played better. Those four games, the last four games, even 
even the game against Northwestern that they lost, the defense was really good when they weren't fouling. Like Northwestern had 73 points in that game, and they scored 32 from the free throw line. So it wasn't like they were making it rain or something. You know, like they were – it wasn't like they were filling it up. I mean, they they shot like 30% from two-point range in that game and beat Illinois by 13 points. They shot 40 free throws, and Illinois shot 10. Like that's brutal. I don't that's even know brutal. how in the Big Ten that even happens. Like that's tough. <laughs> it's it's like you have to try to not call fouls on the other team for that wow. to happen. So that's brutal. When it's when it's you know even a little bit more balanced, I think Illinois is going to have an advantage over a lot of teams because the talent's there. Um, gotcha. But you know they've they've we've seen against Texas and UCLA and even for you know a half against Virginia. Uh, they can beat and compete with anybody, but they're also capable of of losing. I mean, that Missouri game was god awful. That's two hours of my life I'm never getting back. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that answers a question, but sure. Yeah, but yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Why not? And Whatever you said. Yes. Yeah, it made sense. To, made sense to me at least. I don't know. We're, we're on the same wavelength. Uh, to, to wrap this up, I'm actually going to steal a question from someone that I talked to before the Wisconsin game. This was Ryan Herrings of Locked On Badgers, and he asked us, "Where do we fall? Or I guess where does Wisconsin fall on Michigan State's basketball rivalries? Like, are we top three, yeah. top five? I want to bounce that off you. Where does Michigan State land on the Illinois hierarchy of rivalries? Because I truly have no idea. Some years I feel like we are number one." Other years, I feel like we're like number five, you know, cordial. Like, should we have not been this cordial as conversation? Are we supposed to hate each other with every fiber of our being? Or where is it with Illinois fans over there when it comes to Let's just say if it was locked on Wolverines, I wouldn't be on the show. Let's just put it. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'd probably be saying a lot of, you know, expletives and things that would, you know. Tell me where to go. Tell me where to play. Okay. (laughs) I'll Uh, tell you where where you can stick it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Perfect. Um, I don't know. It's, It's interesting because, right, like. I know. I don't want to say Michigan Michigan State's a rival in the sense that, you know, if you want to win the Big Ten, that's one of the teams you got to go through. It just is what yeah. it is. Uh, you know, they're always well coached. They've always got a lot of talent. You know, they sure. you know, they're they're always in the mix. So I think you have to look at them as a rival of sorts. Um, I don't have and I can't speak for my colleagues at the champagne room, or anything like that, but I, I don't have this great like vitriol towards Michigan state. Really? I okay. mean, there was the, uh, there was the game a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago when Sissoko, you know, broke Iota Sumu's face. Yeah. And they were very like nonchalant about it. Like, <laughs> ah, if you can't handle that, just go play badminton. Like, what? That's ball, baby. That's ball, like, baby. Let's go. Like, that <laughs> was right. like, the way they handled that was kind of shitty, but I mean, in general, I don't have this great like seething anger towards okay. Michigan State. Um, for me, at least, and I think you know, for a lot of Illinois fans, I think we're you know Indiana just from geography, and then Michigan because they oh, act Michigan. like they invented basketball, and most of the time they don't even pay attention to basketball until right about this time of year. Yep, you know the, in. Yep. the hashtag Walmart. Um, like my whole thing with, with, and this, my whole thing with Michigan is like, congrats. You won three more games in March than Illinois the last two years. Like that, like that, like they're, 
and again, I'm not saying that winning in March isn't important because it is. Like that's how you measure totally. success. Like totally. You know, Izzo's. You know, Izzo's got a couple of Final Fours. He's got a Natty. Of like, course. if of he course. didn't have that, we'd be like, okay, he's a really good coach, but he is, but, mm-hmm. but, 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 like, Juwan Howard's and five against Brad Underwood. So for all these bad, all oh, these nice. Michigan fans that are like, Illinois is not a rival. Like, well, right, because you have to actually win first for it to be a rivalry. <laughs> so. They only play once. I think it's in Ann Arbor. So if that game happens and they win, good okay. for them. Golf clap yeah. for them. Um, sure. But it's like, it's the slurpage to me. Like, I think everyone mm-hmm. just kind of knows Michigan State is solid. And yeah. like, because they, y'all play such a tough non conference schedule every year that it's an NBA schedule. Like, yeah. you're playing eight top 25 teams like in November, for Christ's sake. Like, it's going to be great. By the time you get to the Big Ten, it's like, I can't believe you guys even have the stamina to beat anybody. Like, you're just exhausted. Right. Uh, but I know. You're, yeah. But it but it prepares you, obviously. Like, you're you're preparing for the uh, the rugged Big Ten schedule. And yep. so I think just, you know, Michigan State's going to be solid. Wisconsin is always picked, like, ninth or tenth every year, and they finish second or third with, their, with their cavalcade of six, eight white dudes. Yep. He'll be yep. selling insurance the day they graduate from college. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, but like they're underrated every year and they exceed it. And then Michigan's yeah. always like, they're going to win a natty. And then they go nine and 11 in the big 10. And no Uh-oh. one talks about it. Indiana <laughs> yep. is Indiana is that this year. Indiana's like, they've got Trace Jackson Davis. They're just going to march through to the final four. It's like, you're returning your leading scorer from a team that can't score. Like, yeah, problem. What Small you, problem. Like, like what Small else? Issue. Like, you have, like, what else do you have? You got a couple of decent freshmen. Like, Woodson's done all right there, but like, yeah, this thing. They're like, Just if you're right judging them by the last time, like, if you're going by preseason and like, well, you rate them based on the last time you saw them. The last time we saw Indiana, they got beat by a zillion points by St. Mary's in the tournament. Correct. And then, but because they bring back JD, they're going to be undefeated. They're going to, you know, you know, they're going to roll out Bob Knight from his like cryogenic chamber to, you know, cheer on the new national. It's like, I just didn't know where it was coming from. And to the shock of this person, particularly, they've underperformed a little bit. So, oh. Um, wow. I, I think Indiana Shocker. and Michigan for me are like the top two as far as rivalries and fan bases. Michigan would probably say Illinois is the most annoying fan base other than Michigan State. They'd probably say that. And, probably. you know, we can be Good. dicks when we get a little, you know, Good. you can get a little yeah. chesty when you win a little bit. It's fine. Most Big Ten wins the last three years. It is what it is. Michigan fans can have their pandemic Big Ten championship where they played. D- Fewer games, but still won it. Yeah, Didn't it was agreed upon. Games. It yeah. was agreed upon. Yeah, it's fine. If Illinois had won it, we'd have been like, "Why are you putting an asterisk by that?" Right. We won it. Right. Big deal. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not going to act like I wouldn't be, you know, tooting my own oh, horn yeah. for that. But oh, it's, but it's yeah. The game. So yeah, again, right. to answer your question, no, I, I think okay. if I think if it was a situation where they were playing twice a year every year. And it was like 
really heated every single time they played, then, then yeah, I'd be a, mm-hmm. a lot more invested. But with the, the Big Ten being kind of watered down in the sense of you're not having those – you're not playing Michigan State twice a year every year or those yeah. top teams, like the way the schedule works out, you just never really know what's going to happen. But yeah. I, is it a team you want to beat? 100%. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, hey, man, this – hey, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take the respect over rivalry. Why not? So that's a sterling way to end this show here. Uh, Andrew, can't thank you enough, man. Anything that you want to plug on, on your way out or any final thoughts you want to get off your chest here on these airways? Um, yeah, if you uh, if you like tangents and you like what you've heard the last, you know, 20 minutes. Which uh, we do on the show, yeah. Which, I do. mean, I'm, I'm sure you're no stranger to that, but uh, – Oski Talk is the podcast, uh, mostly Illinois stuff. You know, we'll throw in some some other, you know, Big Ten or, you know, Illini adjacent stuff if it if it's worth, sure. you know, noting. Um, Champagne Room is the uh, the website, thechampagneroom.com, or uh, you can follow us, you know, you know, keep track on the socials, Instagram, Facebook. Do, do people our age still do Facebook? I don't think they do. Uh, no, but, uh, okay, you know, the gram – the gram, hey. the IG, uh, the nice. bird app, uh, search for hey. uh, us at the, uh, the champagne room. Uh, that's good. You know, lots of, lots of good content there. Um, and, uh, you're welcome for Kirby Joseph, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Interception extraordinaire of Aaron Rodgers. That's right. Just owns him owns from him a bears him. fan to a lions fan. Uh, Could be any better. Could that be any was better. pretty satisfying for me as a team. Who's uh, as a fan of a team who's absolute, just, donkey whatever right now you know hey we got the number one pick losing the right way though losing the right way unlike houston who's just winning inane games at the end lovey smith lovey smith yeah best bears coach of all time (laughs) best bears coach lost for lost for winning i told i talked about that on the podcast too he uh he was like a mole he was destroying houston from the inside i love that i know i'm gonna get fired anyway why do i give a crap if we lose or not let's just go out and win the game if they lose the, the pick, right. who yeah. cares? I'm not going to be around to see the guy get drafted anyway. <laughs> Love awesome. that. That's what I'm talking about. Well, hey, everyone, uh, you can hear the recap to the game that happens on Friday night, which is also going to be a preview episode of the Purdue game because MSU has six minutes between games coming up this weekend. But until then, you know where to find us. Locked on Spartans. Love every single one of you. Go green. Woo, let's go.